0: Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Full Out Chats. I'm your host, Steve Solberg, and today's chat, I'm going to tell you, is going to be a great one. This story is awesome. I have heard some of it, but not all of it, and beyond excited to finally hear uh, this awesome story of Siobhan St. John, assistant cheer coach at The Ohio State University. Uh, also, um. NBA dance alum with the Brooklyn Nets uh, has written an awesome book about her unbelievable journey and story. um, And I cannot wait uh, for her uh, to be able to share this awesome story. uh, Some of it with you. Um, Obviously, uh, so much of it is in her book, uh, which I know she's going to go into and talk about, which I'm also very excited to hear about uh, how that happened. It, I think it's a lot of people's dream uh, and goal to one day write a book, and, and, and Siobhan was able to do that. Uh, UCA staffer uh, you know, comes from a prestigious uh, high school program at New Row, uh, also was at Moorhead State. I mean, this, this woman's journey uh in the cheerleading world um and dance world is unbelievable i I cannot wait for her to share it uh i see that she is uh ready to be joined so uh like every coach says let's do this one more time and let's go full out are you ready full out chats do you know what time it is We got the right, we got the vision, you lose a sight. We will never stop. But we got the drop deal. Yeah. What, 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 what time is it? Oh, we're live in 5, 6, 7, 8. Woo! And with that, we are full out. And let's bring in Siobhan. Hi! There she <laughs> is. There she is. Siobhan, how are you? I am wonderful. Thank you. How are you? I am great. I am super duper excited uh, <laughs> to hear this story because I've heard parts of it. I know some of it, but I <laughs> I don't know nearly all of it. Like I told you earlier, I was Instagram stalking you and then I'm like, Oh, I didn't know she did this. Oh, I didn't know she did this. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I forgot about this. You know, and I'm like, okay. and I, And then obviously the book, which was awesome. And so like, we'll get into that later about how that came about. But Uh, Thank you again for taking the time to be here today. And um, obviously, we spoke earlier um, at our Coach's Corner episode, which is super awesome uh, to, to talk about. Uh, everything that was going on uh, still today but at the time specifically um, with with, George, with the George Floyd tragedy and everything and so I thank you again for that but th- this is for you my dear I want to hear your story um, and how Siobhan became Siobhan that we know and so like I ask all my guests just please start from the beginning where did you grow up what was your family life like did you play any other sports things like that and then like all of us how did you get into this whole cheerleading thing
1: yeah well one thank you thank you for asking me to be a part of this of thank course. you for doing this this platform for coaches this is awesome so kudos to you thank, thank you, you so
0: much. you're very welcome
1: yeah uh wow from the beginning yeah. the journey <laughs> the journey but we only we only have we
0: only have 60 minutes so right. we gotta do this
1: so i am i am a native new yorker i am born and raised in new york new rochelle new york new road Yes, New Row. <laughs> that is where I went to high school. And that is where I literally my entire journey began mm-hmm. there with my family. Um, graduated from New Rochelle High School. And that's where I went back to after I came home from college, went back to New Rochelle High School and started coaching mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah, in 2000, mm-hmm. and. One like the very mm-hmm. end of 2001, but really started coaching 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I got into the coaching side, but I started out as a cheerleader and a dancer. I started dance first when okay. I was about six years old. Mm-hmm. I started dancing, tap, ballet, jazz, you name it. Mm-hmm. I did it, but my my two loves, my loves were tap and, and hip hop. Okay, Pop interesting. So you like tap, you were a tap dancer. Yes, very I, cool. Oh my gosh. Was obsessed with it. Okay. <laughs> obsessed. Um, and then when I was about 10 years old is when I got into cheerleading. So mm-hmm. I started dance first, got into cheerleading, cheered for my youth tackle league in New Rochelle, New York. Um, and and then it kind of just took off from there. I just kept cheering and kept dancing. Um and just loved it, mm-hmm. loved it. So when I, when I cheered in high school, my coaches at the time, shout out to Chrissy Stanionis, who was my high school coach and my um, junior high coach. She was awesome. But her and our assistant coach at the time, Rick Napier, who lived in West Virginia, they were like, listen, you know, you're about to graduate. What do you want to do? Where mm-hmm. do you want to go? And I wanted to go to to, to an HBCU. Okay. I wanted to go to Howard mm-hmm. University. Mm-hmm. Number one on the list. Yep. And Rick, he's like, listen, you're so talented. You really need to go somewhere where you can display your talent. Mm-hmm. Cheered all girl and was top, was a flyer. So I'm like, all right, what do you what do you suggest? And he said, Why don't you why don't you apply to Moorhead State University? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. I, I knew who they were because mm-hmm. if you were a cheerleader, you knew. Yes, you absolutely. Know, national champions, yep. you knew.
0: The Don the Don Dynasty had already started by
1: then. Exactly, exactly. And I said, "Okay, well, you know, I wasn't aware of exactly where it was." He was like, "Oh, it's in Kentucky." I'm like, mm, "Kentucky? Yeah." I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that's it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Wait, where is that on the map?" Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> Uh, but he he convinced me. They they convinced me to apply to the university. I got in, got a scholarship. Okay. Tried out for the cheerleading team, got a scholarship, and my mom said, "You're going you're there. You're going.
0: You're gonna go there.
1: <laughs> and that's where you're going." <laughs> I said, oh, "Okay. Well, I guess that's where I'm going." So that's how I ended up there.
0: So, okay, so before we get to the Moorhead part of your story, um, yeah. for those of you joining us, I'm here with Siobhan. She goes by Sayo. She, she's going into her story about her new row days. <laughs> but I first want to tell you my my first uh, interaction with new row high school, real quick. Oh, yes. Is, uh, so I was coaching a high school called Sun Prairie High School in Wisconsin, and we were a large co-ed team. And I remember new row was out in the football field, and I'm pretty sure for like a half hour straight, all they did was work on their dance. And like, that's all they did. And I had never seen high school dance that fast in my life. It was like one and two and three and four and five and six and seven and eight. And I just, I just, like, it, it blew me away that these high school girls could dance that fast and that crisp and that sharp. And I was, I remember that was my first impression of New Row. It was, and then of course the voiceover the stuff, New Row. And I just loved it. Oh, yeah. I loved it. Yes.
1: Listen, I played when I started choreographing the dances. I played no games. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I know you didn't. <laughs> I said you will not have my name on this and not look correct. <laughs> so I,
0: I was blown away with neuro, but that is so cool. Okay, so you know of Moorhead, but obviously Moorhead, yeah. Moorhead's Moorhead by then. I mean, Myron has obviously made Moorhead a perennial uh, national Uh-oh. champion contender. Um, and so I've had a lot of Moorhead alums on the show, and I. I always ask this question. Your first time going to Moorhead, how was that?
1: (laughs) You know, I write about this in my book, my my Moorhead days, but I'll be very honest. I I stayed at Moorhead for a semester. Mm -hmm. I lasted a semester. Mm -hmm. It was one of the greatest experiences of my life, to be Mm -hmm. quite honest, because I was exposed to things that I had never been exposed to Mm -hmm. that I had never had to deal with, you know, coming from New Rochelle, New York, I, my high school was extremely diverse, mm-hmm. extremely in ethnicities and thinking and backgrounds, everything you could imagine. It was diverse in. And I graduated in 2001 with almost a thousand people in my class. Yeah. Well, wow. So going to high normal, school. wow. Yeah, it yeah. was huge. Huge high school. So going to Moorhead, you know, my first experience is I walk in to my dorm and I meet my roommate who was from West Virginia, but just a bubbly person, um, awesome. And she's like, yeah, listen, I I have a car. If you ever want to drive it, no problem. I was like, oh, okay, cool. She was like, it's a stick. I was like, yeah, thanks, but that's- (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Dad didn't teach me how to drive a stick. But um, it was pretty much, the interaction i got from others Mm -hmm. you know i I met a lot of amazing people who were on the team but Mm -hmm. outside of the team Mm -hmm. unfortunately though moorhead is a pwi a predominantly white institution Mm -hmm. and it was the first time that i had ever experienced micro macro aggressions in the sense of being being called out of my name Mm -hmm. on several occasions Mm -hmm. um there were three women of color on the cheerleading team at that time. Mm -hmm. I was the only top girl of color Mm -hmm. at that time. And it was hard. It Mm -hmm. was difficult because I just didn't, the culture shock was so much so fast. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, I can't get anywhere unless I have a car and I didn't. Mm -hmm. And the one night that I wanted to go somewhere, I'm like, listen, I ran out of groceries. I called up a friend of mine. Hey, listen, can you take me to the supermarket? Can Mm -hmm. you take me to Kroger? Yeah, not tonight, sis, I'm not gonna be able to do it. I'm like, oh, like, is there anything? I just need to go real quick. No, the KKK is having a rally tonight. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, I I, I guess I just really didn't. Yeah. I knew, but I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, so we can't go there tonight. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was pretty much after that experience, and then, you know, multiple times i'm like this isn't this isn't for me mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. Isn't for me cheer is amazing but this isn't for me
0: it really seemed like cheerleading was the only thing like keeping you alive there keeping you going oh, yeah. at the time yeah
1: yes yeah, Cheer and and the friends the core group of friends that i met they, mm-hmm. those were the only people that were sustaining me
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
1: yeah. uh, let me ask you that how
0: was it working or what well, working but cheering i mean even for a semester for myron how what how was he as a, as a man, as a person? I've heard a lot of great stories. So I would love to hear just yeah. your take on him.
1: He was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like Myron was great. He listened. He was great at communicating. He was very, to me, he was very stoic, like just mm-hmm. very, um, he, he would come into practice and he was always about the business. Mm-hmm. You know, you do what you're supposed to do you're going to get what you want to get. Uh, and he was very straightforward that way. Mm-hmm. And I, I just remember in order to make the mat, this is back in the day when you had to tape and you had to film oh. over and all. Oh
0: yeah. Yep.
1: <laughs> and you throw tuck after tuck after tuck on hardwood floor. And it, that was my first experience throwing tumbling on hardwood. Mm-hmm. And I just remember him like, listen, if you want to be a part of this Nationals team, there are things you're, you're going to have to step up in. And I was ready for the challenge. And something we teach the athletes now is to be ready mm-hmm. because I was an alternate and unfortunately somebody had lost the skill that they needed mm-hmm. and I was next up and mm-hmm. I was prepared and was able to step up into that role. Um, and as unfortunate as it was not to be able to compete, I, I would not change any of my experiences.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so for those of you joining us, we're with Siobhan and uh, we're talking about um, her time at Moorhead State and deciding to, at Semester, then leave Moorhead. Yeah. So talk about kind of, you know, the mindset of, okay, I, this is not the place for me. Um, I, I can only cheer for so long, but cheerleading is right. not why you're there. You're, you're there to get an education. Obviously, you want to get an education. So talk about kind of the, the mindset you were in at the time. I mean, because you're 18, 19 years old. You're young and still trying to figure yeah. things out about transferring and figuring out a new home for you.
1: Yeah, it was... It was easy to think about, okay, I'm, I'm just gonna go home. Mm-hmm. You know, home was what I knew. So I went back to New York. My parents were fully supportive. Myron understood. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I communicated with him. And when I got home, that was the transition where, okay, well, where am I gonna go? Mm-hmm. So I decided to go to um, actually a city university in, okay. in New York, Manhattan. And that was Hunter College okay. in Manhattan. But at that point, I really didn't know what I wanted to get into. So I had gone there and applied and transferred. But it was about a year into it where I'm like, ooh, I, I finally know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And they don't have it. They don't have it. So yep. tra- had to transfer again. Okay. <laughs> um, so I transferred to Lehman College in the Bronx, New York. Okay. Which is also a city university. And that's where I actually graduated from. Got my bachelor's degree in communications. Okay. And that's when I started my journey into the NBA dance world. Okay, so you you just segued that
0: perfectly for me. And <laughs> I was, but I, I was going to ask you though. Okay, so you're not cheering in college now. So were you right. still dancing? Were you still what were you what were you still doing to kind of I guess uh, keep the uh, keep the itch scratched as they would say?
1: Yeah, it was actually once I came home, I called up Chrissy and mm-hmm. who was my former high school coach, and I said, "Listen, I would love to just volunteer and help mm-hmm. out." And she was like, "Absolutely, come mm-hmm. on." And that's when I went back to New Row. That's when I went back okay. to New Rochelle, my yep. alma mater, mm-hmm. and started pouring into those athletes and the people that, my community, the mm-hmm. community that I grew up in. Um, and then she asked me in 2002 to be a part of the coaching staff, and that is where I was that entire time when I was in okay. New York.
0: So a college student, helping out your alma mater, doing that yep. stuff, um, and then graduate. Now, you, you said that you finally figured out what you kind of wanted to do. What was it? Right, I mean, It was communications, but what, what did you want to do with that?
1: i love talking to people
0: i know i know (laughs) that and i knew that's why i wanted you on this
1: absolutely yes i love speaking and i decided okay i love sports huge basketball fan football fan so i went into the more of the sports broadcasting Mm -hmm. type of communication um so that's where my my classes were geared towards and then theater was my minor okay okay (laughs) very cool okay
0: yeah so obviously if you're doing if New York's obviously a hotbed for that, those types of of things, you're you're in a good area, but then like you kind of mentioned, all right, so now you have this opportunity with uh, was it the New Jersey Nets at the time? Was it Jersey Nets? New Jersey? Yeah. the New Jersey. Nets Before they became Brooklyn. Okay. Kind of how, how did that kind of fall into your lap of having the opportunity to try out for the Brooklyn Nets?
1: Yeah, I was actually so I was still in college at the time. Mm-hmm. And my one of my mentors who was my dance teacher, um, Shay from Rhythm by Nature, he he literally called me up one night and said, listen, the, the Nets are having auditions. I think you should go. And mm-hmm. at this point, I had never auditioned ever. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted to dance for the Nick city dancers. Okay. Right. Yeah. I'm a New Yorker. I I saw them when I was younger and I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And that was it. And he said, listen, well, if you like it, great. If not, it's an opportunity for you to be seen and for you to kind of understand how the process works. I said, okay, great. Got it. So I went to some of their intensives prior to the audition, which was great because the uh, new management was there, the VP of entertainment, and and the dance coach. So they got to see my face. I, I got to understand the style of dance that mm-hmm. the New Jersey Nets did. Um, and then I just auditioned. I just went for it. I took a leap of faith. And, man, was it intimidating. A room of 200 women and only 16 spots to fill. Wow, really?
0: Holy cow. Okay. Yes. Okay. And yeah. I, I'm going to assume good talented people, all, all different types of backgrounds. Absolutely. And and did you make it your first try, your first time? So
1: I, I did, I made wow. it my first year. I <laughs> made it my first year.
0: And what do you think it was? I mean, what was it that you thought made you one of the 16 at the time?
1: Honestly, I think it was them being able to see me, right? To asking questions, being vocal, putting myself out there, even mm-hmm. though I, I, there was absolutely, there was some intimidation there mm-hmm. because you're surrounded by talented women, women who are just as talented as you are, are e- even more talented mm-hmm. and that can be intimidating. But the one thing my mother has always said to me that always rang true for me was just fake it till you make it. And it mm-hmm. was one of those things where I'm like, you know what, I'm put to put this theater degree to work yeah. and I'm <laughs> going to do that. Best actress right now, um, knowing that I was talented, but there were some things that I still needed to work on. Mm-hmm. And part of it is I honestly believe my cheerleading background helped me because there was a one section of the audition where you got to display your tumbling. Oh, OK. Yes. Okay. And, and that was towards the end of the audition. Mm-hmm. And once you made it past that round into the tumbling round, I was able to display tumbling that other dancers didn't have.
0: So really, so they were definitely the first round. Like they want to see you dance, but then really, the, oh, yeah. the next round was show your athleticism. What else could Correct. you maybe provide? That and so obviously, yeah. most and most dancers don't have an extensive tumbling background that that Correct. you probably had. Okay, wow. Yeah. And so, so that,
1: that was a help for sure.
0: So all all that tumbling in the hardwood at Moorhead paid off. <laughs> <It> paid off. <laughs> thank you, Myron. <laughs> thank, yes. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Thank you. Okay, so. You make it. All right, you are yeah. at the, it's New Jersey at the time, New Jersey Nets, you're, you're yeah. there, even though it sounds like you're a Knicks fan, and that's okay.
1: <laughs> I am, I'm a Knicks and a Nets fan.
0: <laughs> um, talk about that first season then, talk about that first, so you're going to school, you're coaching, going at, to school. coaching at New Row, and now uh, yes. you're an NBA dancer.
1: How are you juggling all those things? Holy cow. So I'm, I'm going to school full time. I'm working at New Row as a coach. I am also working part-time for UPS to pay for college. Of course, yep. And I'm dancing for the Nets. (laughs) Um, To tell you, I was on cloud nine. I I mean, I was gripping and running, but I was on cloud nine. That first year dancing in the NBA was just an eye opener. Mm -hmm. Um, I was so fortunate to be on a team with other amazing women from all different backgrounds. Uh, and, and they're my sisters to this day. I mean, I've been in weddings, at weddings, christenings—you name it—we support each other a hundred and ten percent. So, so fortunate to still have a relationship with all of those amazing women.
0: I've seen on your social media. It seems like that group, your group at least. I mean, it's not, not yeah. for, but definitely the the ladies you danced with absolutely were are still very close today. I mean, I, I can, oh yeah, I could definitely see that, which is awesome. Yeah. So, how many years did you do dance for the NBA then?
1: I did eight seasons. I started in 2005. I took a year off. Um, I had some personal things that happened, and then I came back to continue and Mm -hmm. was was a captain for four of those years.
0: Very cool. Okay. So, I guess for anybody that's watching, that maybe, like, maybe one, and there are, I'm sure there's ladies out there who, yeah, had the same like they would love to dance for professional organizations some way shape or form with us nba right. nfl whatever i mean i guess what is some advice that you would give for somebody trying to maybe make a professional you know cheer slash dance team um either you know for professional uh, excuse me for a professional sports league
1: yeah absolutely do your research mm-hmm. be what their style of dance is right in New Jersey, when we first started out, it was a little bit more jazz and hip-hop. Moving into Brooklyn, mm-hmm. it, it started to be a little bit more hip-hop with still a variety of dances thrown in there. But it's understanding what the style of dance is that you're going to be doing. It's getting in front of management. Mm-hmm. So even if there's just an intensive that you can go to and you are you don't want to try out yet, but you just want to see, Test the waters, put your foot in there and say hello, introduce yourself, get to know ladies that are on the team, get to know the management, ask questions, because the more people can see your face, the more they're gonna know, okay, this person's really serious about this. This person really wants to be a part of this organization. Mm -hmm. And then practice, Mm -hmm. go to dance classes, make sure that you're staying in, in tune with everything that you're gonna need um, for that program or for that organization. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just like what you and I do now as coaches stay on top of your game, Mm -hmm. keep, keep at it in the gym, keep at it with, with dance, with cheer so that you're prepared for that next step.
0: Uh, so clearly, uh, you're, you're a good athlete and something that I, as I was again, I was Instagram stalking you trying to find pictures. <laughs> Something you got into is, I mean, you're you're <laughs> you're jumping on trampolines dunking basketball oh, yeah. style. So talk about how did this come along as part of your gig <laughs> as as a net.
1: Yes. Uh I don't I don't even remember when it happened, but I just know our mascot at the time, uh-huh. Sly Fox, <laughs> was he did trampoline dunking, and we were just so fascinated. A few of myself and a few of my teammates, and we're like, we want to do it. Yes. Yeah. Like, we can do this. Uh-huh. And we just, we just started practicing, and <laughs> it, it, it like one thing turned into another, and it was, oh, my goodness, so much fun. Uh-huh. So so much fun. I, the, the things I've gotten to do through dance and trampoline dunking, mm-hmm. I could have never imagined. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, so self-taught, you're saying you're self-taught, basically.
1: Yeah, and pr- basically, <laughs> our mass, our math.coach did teach us some okay. of the fundamentals of it, our math okay. at the time. Yeah, he definitely taught us a lot of the fundamentals. Cuz I see you guys are starting to do that at Ohio State. We are. Yeah, so
0: yeah. Was that is was that kind of your brainchild? Are you kind of helping with that or kind of talking about I am, that? I am, yeah.
1: I coach that team, okay. that's, that's the team that I get to coach. And it was actually brought up from when I started in 2014 coaching at at the Ohio State University. Our, our mascot at the time, he's like, "Listen, we we want to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we how do we do this?" And I'm like, uh, "I just started. Let me get my feet, <laughs> yeah. you know, planted on solid ground." Yeah. But the athletes. The athletes kept asking for it. Coach, okay. coach Sio, that's what they call me. Coach Sio, we really want to do this. We, we know that you've done this. We know that you can coach us. How do we get this done? Um, and our mascot coach at the time, right now, Ray, Ray yep. Sharp, he's like, listen, let's let's get this done. How do we collaborate? How do we do this? And one thing led to another, and we, we started it up.
0: So I, I just want to say, I, I absolutely have much love for the Ohio State University. I've told people before. It was actually the school I wanted to go to uh, out of high school. <laughs> I got accepted. I just couldn't afford it. <laughs> and so being out of state. Um, understand. But I have now interviewed Ben. I've interviewed you. I've interviewed Ray. Right. And, I, and I've, I've talked to Melissa on our coaches. course, So I have literally pretty much talked to the whole staff because nothing but love for <laughs> Ohio State. You guys are very good at what you do. Uh, Thank you. You're very welcome. It's so true. So... I, I couldn't even imagine all the opportunities you got to, that you got from the NBA. I mean, talk about maybe one or two moments that just stick out to your mind when I just say, you know, being an NBA dancer. And like one of the maybe first couple of things that pop in your head as a great memory.
1: Yeah, number one, the, the family. Mm-hmm. The family that I've, I've gained eight years dancing and the amount of women I've been able to surround myself with. Who have been entrepreneurs, who are all doing amazing things, who were um, not just athletes, not just dancers, but in college, some were in professional, um, corporate America, and just being able to that to have that community of family, absolutely my number one mm-hmm. greatest greatest thing. Uh, number two, the the opportunity to travel. Mm-hmm. I have been. So blessed and fortunate to be able to say I've traveled the world. Uh-huh. I mean, Russia, Korea, Turkey, Spain, China. I've I've been able to experience cultures that I've only read about, yeah, and and had only dreamt about, mm-hmm. and then got to put my feet on solid ground, walk the Great Wall of China. I mean, the things that I've been able to experience through that have been absolutely amazing. Uh, and, and then those, a number and
0: from, of, all those were through the NBA, was that through the NBA? All of that wow. was through the NBA through, through
1: dancing and dunking That's Through they're awesome. dancing and dunking. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And even, I mean, in that photo, we were in Brazil, San Paulo Brazil okay. during that time. And, uh-huh. uh, I believe it might've been Rudy Gay or I can't remember who or Paul, Paul Gasol. Okay. He, he was actually with us on this trip and, okay. and being able to, to meet NBA legends. I've dunked over Robert Ori How many people can say that? How many women can say that? Like I, would say I probably, jumped over Robert Ori. I would say
0: maybe Shaquille O'Neal's been able to say that, but that's about it. Like, oh my god. Right. Wow. Okay, so you literally been able to travel the world. Um yeah. so then kind of talk about when did you know, like, okay, this is probably my last year doing this. I'm 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 ready to move on. Kind of talk about the mindset of moving on from that part of your life.
1: Yeah. So Funny thing, I when I was a New Jersey Nets dancer, I was actually one of two dancers that was at the groundbreaking for the Barclays Center oh, in, in Brooklyn. Okay, There were two of us. and To then become one of the dancers at the Barclays Center mm-hmm. was, was mind-blowing. But it was in my second to last season where I said, you know what, I have accomplished. I was a captain. I had done stilt dancing. I was captain for our dunk team um i had accomplished so many things that i wanted to to do there i had coached our our next kids team Mm -hmm. that i knew it was about that time to again let others Mm -hmm. let others take that space and my second to last year i i was a little i don't want to say afraid because that's not the right word but in that realm where i'm like oh i don't know if i should go yet and I don't know if I should stay. Mm-hmm. But I wound up staying. I, I told myself, listen, I wanna, I wanna go out on my own terms. I wanna experience things in my own my own space and time. Mm-hmm. So the very last year, 2014, I I knew mm-hmm. I had a conversation with God and I said, Listen, whatever it is you want me to do, whatever door it is that you open, I will walk through faithfully. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter where it leads, I will walk through it faithfully. And that very last year, 2014, I, I I got that feeling. It was just, hey, this is it. This is the time. There are some other things that I have for you, and I need you to walk through the door. And, and, I, and as I said to him before, I walked through the door faithfully. <sighs>
0: So we're here with Siobhan, we're about halfway through, about 30, 30 minutes into our conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, is, this could easily probably be a two or three parter, uh, but, and it might be, I'll probably just say, hey Siobhan, we should do part two, <laughs> and it'll be done. And, but, gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, but, uh, okay, so it's 2014 you said, 2014?
1: 2014 was my last year dancing.
0: 2014, you were done. Um, you've been yeah. able to dance at the, in the Barclays Center. You've made the transition yeah. with the team to Brooklyn, which is awesome. What's next? What is next in, that, that comes up? Uh,
1: yeah. So I had been working at this point, I had been working for, um, UCA.
0: Another great segue. Been, Ooh, yeah.
1: yes. <laughs> I have been working for the company for quite some time at that point. And one of my mentors that works for, that works for the company, he, he had asked me the year prior, Hey, are you interested in coaching on the collegiate level? And I said, yeah, actually, you know, I, I think I am. I had, was a head coach at the high school level. I was a head coach at the junior high level. So just natural progression. And it was that summer, um, the beginning of that summer about May, Mm -hmm. he had come up to me again and said, Hey, listen, are you still interested? Do you, do you really want to coach on a collegiate level? And I said, yeah, he goes, well, where where would you realistically move to? And I Mm said, Maryland, anywhere down the East coast, Mm -hmm. California and Texas. Mm Mm-hmm. And he said, well, what about Ohio? I said, well, that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't on the list. Wait, I wait. Stay. I
0: gave you the list, and it wasn't there. <laughs>
1: <But> maybe, <laughs> completely. So I responded with, you know, I went to school in Kentucky. I, I had been to Ohio before. I said, I don't really know mm-hmm. if that's the space. And he goes, well, Ohio State just had their assistant coach position open up. And I said, well, I guess I could move to Ohio then. Yeah,
0: I mean. <laughs> It is Ohio state. Let's be honest here. It's, yes.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You knew. And the minute he told me who the head coach was, you know, Ben, Ben Schreiber being the head coach had just been hired in mm-hmm. April. Uh, I knew, I said, well, I worked with Ben. I knew his talent, how talented he was as an athlete, mm-hmm. as a cheerleader. Uh, And I knew how talented he was as a coach with coming from the University of Delaware and all that he had accomplished there. So I said, well, if I'm going to associate myself with something, I want it to be great because Mm -hmm. everything that I have done thus far has been associated with greatness. And it was a no brainer that literally the conversation I had with God, with walking through whatever door was open. This was him saying I, I'm opening a door. You told me you'd walk through it faithfully. Mm-hmm. Let me see if you're, if you're telling the truth. And I said, I'll apply. So I applied literally the night that we talked about it. I applied and the applications closed that night. Oh, wow. Okay. So you just got it in. <laughs> I just made it. I was like, woo! just made it.
0: Just uh, made it. So, okay. Ohio, but Columbus is up. A- beautiful town a lot bigger than people know like it's got Mm -hmm. 3 million people i think it's a big city um and obviously you know being a big 10 campus you're gonna have diversity you're gonna have you know open thoughts you're gonna have open minds things like that so i'm gonna ask you the same question i asked you earlier like first time going to columbus ohio tell me about that story first time going there
1: first time going there was actually for my interview okay and oh, my favorite mascot. There Bruce he the is. Buck. There oh, he that's is. My, that's my favorite mascot of all time. That's my guy. But uh, the first time I actually went to campus, I'm like, wow, this is this huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, the campus itself is about 56,000 mm-hmm. on campus. And I'm like, okay. Looking around a little bit, I was like, all right, this is cool. And then Ben had taken me out one night He's like well let's just drive around campus so you can kind of get a feel for it mm-hmm. and took me down <laughs> high street which is kind of our, the main street mm-hmm. on campus that runs into the city of Columbus and I'm like okay this is this is cool mm-hmm. I can I can feel it I can see myself there and I just remember after my um, interviews that night I'm in the hotel room I'm like Man, I say I could see myself here. Okay. I couldn't. I couldn't prior to. Mm-hmm. Prior to, I was like, Ugh, I don't know. But that night, I said, I could really see myself here, with this university, with this program, um, helping to create greatness in this program, which has always been great, but continuing that legacy essentially. Um, and and that's kind of when I knew. I said, listen, this is this is it. I mm-hmm. need this to be mine, please. This yeah. is the door. <laughs>
0: uh so you get the assistant position at the ohio state um and i mean it's funny i mean because you you have one semester of college cheerleading at moorhead you know small school then you went to uh you know smaller schools in in this new york city and now you're going to be dropped into a hundred thousand fans in the shoe talk about the first experience you had in the shoe in your first game
1: yeah so if you could ask ben i think this would be even more funny because uh-huh. I literally, I think the night before that game, I looked at him and I said, listen, I don't know how much I'm going to be of use to you tomorrow. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> this is my first experience as well in a mm-hmm. college stadium that's this large mm-hmm. um, in front of that many fans and. I'm a first year at this yep. point. I was like, I'm a first year. Ben graduated from Ohio State mm-hmm. University. He's here there, so he understood. And I think the the very first game, when our team ran the flags out, yeah. I stood there and I was just like, <laughs> wow. I yeah. I was so. I mean, I said, God, thank you. Mm-hmm. That's all I could do. I stood. I stood there in awe and. In, in amazement at the things that he had had done for me and stayed faithful to and I was just I stood there literally uh-huh. <laughs> I,
0: I could just imagine I remember I, I remember my first time going to Ohio State as uh, a Wisconsin cheerleader and then going there as a coach later and and it, it, I, people always ask me like what are your favorite stadiums and I always I mean obviously I'm a Wisconsin fan so I'm gonna say Camp Randall's up there. I was but right. Camp, Camp Randall, Nebraska, Ohio State penn state in my opinion yeah. i mean those four are like they all have their feel you know what i mean they're all a little bit different mm-hmm. but the point is you're not you're you're never gonna have a bad time there you're gonna have you're if you're gonna experience college <laughs> football go there i mean you and i i absolutely love your guys's game day i think you guys have done an unbelievable job at ohio state so Thank i mean you. so now that you you're there you're, you're yeah you've learned the game day thing now you know what the <laughs> expectations are um you you kind of alluded to it you know um at the time ohio state um you know, coming off a couple tough years in the program, and um, right. and obviously Ben being an alum, the you said it. You said it best. You said it best. If you're going to do it, do it right. Yes. So talk about now the growth of your program, going from you know taking over this pro- helping take over this program. I mean, a couple years ago taking second place in D1A yeah. co-ed. I mean, not now Now you're a consistent top five contender at UCA Nationals. Talk about the growth of that pro, your program at Ohio State mm-hmm. and, and just, I, I guess, the, how, how proud you are of what you guys have been able to accomplish with those kids.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just it's a testament to the great coaching that, that Ben has been able to display here Um, with my assistants and the amazing athletes that we've had. Obviously, with any program that has a turnover, there's going to be some uh, growth that needs to happen in those first few years, which we experienced. We went through, but we had athletes who were a part of our program who who wanted to continue a great legacy, who Mm -hmm. wanted to be a part of the foundation that Ben and I have set at The Ohio State University. Um, they wanted to be a part of that foundation and they laid the bricks. Mm-hmm. That first team in 2014, when we got there, um, they they bought in and they said, we wanna be a part of this, the part of the change. And they laid the foundation and each year has gotten better and better with recruiting, with the talent that we've been able to have, with the caliber of athlete who wants to be a part of greatness, who mm-hmm. wants to build a national championship team. Um, and it's been absolutely amazing. I think with Ben and I, it's so great because I see things that he can't see, mm-hmm. and he sees things that I can't see. Yep. And together, the way we're able to do things, it's it's amazing. It's mm-hmm. amazing. When we are on the same page and we are coaching athletes to be greater, absolutely love it. So we're just really fortunate that we have amazing athletes here mm-hmm. who... Again, want to continue to be a part of this legacy.
0: And I can see that firsthand. um You guys, I've been very blessed that you guys have invited me to attend your Ohio State clinic, your combine, which was awesome. And thank you again, you guys. And I, I it, it was very obvious your strengths and Ben's strengths, and who led what <laughs> session. <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but all kidding aside, but you know, I mean. Uh, any every coach needs to bring in people that complement your weaknesses. I mean, that's that's what needs to happen. You know, you don't right. want a, you don't want a bunch of yes sirs, yes ma'ams that just tell you you're you're right in everything because you're not. We're, we're definitely not. We we make mistakes right. too. And so, um, I I, I I again I think you guys have done an unbelievable job at Ohio State, and Ohio State is is such Thank a great you. but. You know, I mean, you know, I'm just biased. I think the Big Ten's the best. I mean, that's just how I roll, you
1: know? <laughs> I do mean, because it is. <laughs> when you talk about cheer and dance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um, so if you don't mind, I would love to talk uh, talk to you about um, just, in my opinion, I think, you know, the awesome platforms you'd be able to use to just talk about um, everything that's been going on in our country lately. We had a great, like I said, we had an awesome talk. It was such an honor to yeah. have you. And Sam Owens, and Brandon Prince, and Tony Nash, and Elise, um yeah. and Packard, and Mark Coleman. I thought it was such a great conversation that, at the time, was uncomfortable for some people, maybe. But it had to happen, and I, I'm so thankful it happened. But... I mean, just, I mean, unfortunately we're still fighting the fight. We're still, yeah. we're still in this position that we were months ago when we talked about it, um, again, you know, but I want to provide a platform for people to talk about what they want to talk about. I just, I just think that you've obviously been so strong through this all. And I, I reached out to you for things that, um, that I was dealing with and I know that you've reached out to me and it's been an awesome, uh, thing for all of us to help each other out. But I'm um, just kind of talk, if you don't mind just talking about kind of, you know, how are you doing today? You know, what What have you seen? I, I, there's been some great peaceful protests going on. There's been great things mm-hmm. happening. But, um, you know, just just feel free to talk about just, you know, what can we do? What, what can we all do to be better? And, and kind of the stances that, that you've been able to see and take.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't think for myself, I didn't imagine me being in this space as a coach. Mm-hmm. Right? And understanding that there are things that I... Personally have to deal with as a black woman and as a sister of a black boy Um, but Now navigating all of those things in the coaching realm Mm -hmm. and understanding that I I have an honor and a privilege of coaching different individuals Right. As a collective, as a whole, and being able to understand people's perspective and and to listen Mm -hmm. and to hear them and to see what they need in this space at this time. Um, And it's it has not been easy. I will say that much. It has not been (laughs) easy because I've had issues that I have to deal with um, that can be challenging, but. Nonetheless, I will continue to fight for what I believe in and to fight injustices. Um, and I'm, I'm fortunate that the athletes that I get to coach want to hear those experiences. They want to understand. Um, and the athletes that I coach who deal with these experiences themselves have somebody that they can listen to, they have a shoulder that they can lean on um, and we're able to have that conversation anytime that they need it. So it's been been interesting kind of navigating through this space as, like I said, as a black woman, but also as a coach. But again, I'm so fortunate for the lessons in this space. And being able to learn from someone like you, to learn from someone like Elise, to learn from other individuals who may not have the same perspective or who have grown up differently, right? We all have our own diverse background. And to just have conversation. That's that's the one thing to, in my opinion, that's greatly needed is that we need more conversations that may be uncomfortable for some people. Mm-hmm. But it's a lived experience for others and to come to the table saying, okay, I just wanna listen to understand. I just wanna listen to understand. We may disagree on things, but I wanna listen to understand Um, and I will continue to live in that space. Have you found that
0: at least lately, people are more willing to have the conversation at least? I
1: think so, yes. Okay. Yes, Mm -hmm. I have found that.
0: Um, Specifically, absolutely, specifically, athletes or just overall do you feel just more people have been more comfortable maybe reaching out to you or you or vice versa you feel more comfortable reaching out to others
1: uh both Mm -hmm. i think athletes feel a little bit more comfortable having the conversation or at least wanting to have the conversation but i've i've had so many friends of mine and associates Mm -hmm. who have reached out and said listen i just want to learn in this space or thank you for being patient with me in your response, or thank you for helping me understand this a little better. And those type of conversations are great because people people are afraid of what they don't know sometimes. Mm -hmm. You don't want to ask the question because you don't know what the response is going to be, or you you may feel as if uh, what you're going to ask could be insensitive. Mm -hmm. And it may be. But that's the risk that you have to take if you want to learn something. You have to take the risk of saying, okay, I'm going to ask this question. It may not be the right time for the question, but this is when I feel I need to ask it. And for me, it's been understanding my response to someone's question is either going to help them or hinder them. Yep. Yep. And I want to... I want to help as many people as I can mm-hmm. in my response so that they feel welcome, so that they feel safe. Um, I think that's the biggest part is that people want to feel s- safe in their spaces and, and to to really be able to ask questions that can be uncomfortable. <laughs> exactly. Um,
0: yeah. uh, well, first of all, I, I am one of those people that reached out to you. I, <laughs> I, 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 and you know, I, my, what I've been able to tell people is you're, you hit it. So correctly about just we all grew up differently. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up in a biracial family. You know, my mother is is South Korean. So, uh, and I will never, like I said, I I said it in our coach's corner. Mm -hmm. I will never claim that I've had to deal with nearly the amount of racism uh, that um, uh, my black friends have had to deal with. Um, But I've had to deal with some. And I I know for a fact that a lot of white people cannot say that they've had to deal with racism, per se. You know, and so, um, but... Hopefully, all we can all just understand one another and and just realize, like man, like we're, we're so much stronger when we're when we're together and love each other. You know, we're absolutely. just we're just so much better with each other. Um, and which is my segue into the last thing I wanted to talk about, which is the book. I, I yeah. absolutely yes, I want <laughs> I want to talk about the book. Obviously, yeah. um, first of all, to everybody, it is out there. Please, 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 if, if you want to hear really in depth uh siobhan's unbelievable story please please get it um but yes please, but please talk about how first of all from the beginning like the idea for it how did it come to fruition and then obviously it got printed you you are a, you yeah. are an author congratulations talk about that thank whole journey. you You're very welcome yes
1: Ooh, see let me just tell you <laughs> it was not easy uh-huh. it was not easy for anyone on this live who has read it it is I mean, there are personal, intimate details of my life. I am fully transparent in this book. It is a memoir about my experiences with being a cancer survivor all the way through life after cancer and um, dealing with the situations that arose because of chemotherapy and radiation my journey through cheer and dance and the mba and then um having a hysterectomy at the age of 22 and mm-hmm. leaving me uh with a scar down the middle of my stomach so i deal with you know s- self-esteem body image mental health everything you can imagine um it i will say this my mentor damon one of my mentors damon gladman mm-hmm for years, you need to write a book. You need to write a book. He kept planting the seed, you need to write a book. And I'm like, I am not telling anybody this business. Yeah. Like, this is, no, no. And most people would most people would Right, mm-hmm. right, you're completely, completely right. And he just kept, again, he kept pouring into me. He kept putting that, that seed in my ear and said, you need to write a book. And it came down to the point where I said, I had already been writing for years. I had been journaling my experiences. I had been writing down about the things that were happening in my life. So I had the content, but I just didn't have the, the audacity, essentially, to, to really publish a book. And again, I had a conversation with God. I said, whatever it is you want me to do with this is what I'll do. Just tell me what you want me to do. And it was clear as day. He's like, this story does not belong to you Mm -hmm. someone else needs to hear this because they need it what you've experienced what you've gone through um that's the trials the tests and testimonies is for someone else to see that this mountain can be moved Mm. um and i said okay I i surrendered i said okay and i was so fortunate i was literally having another conversation with him one night and i'm like I've, I've written stuff, but I don't know what else to do with it now. And it just so happened, I looked on my Instagram, and a really great friend of mine who owns his own publishing company and mm-hmm. is an amazing speaker and author himself posted, I'm looking to publish the next 10 authors. Inbox me only if you're serious. And I, I said, oh, okay, so you... You're working very, very quickly yeah. here. I, um, I, yeah, I see. No, no, no. I said I'm serious. Let's uh-huh. go, and that was it. That was it. I sent that message, and the rest is history. Madison uh, and Park, shout out to Madison and Park for publishing my book, and
0: and and thank them. They, I, I want to thank them also. They uh, uh, were advertising this uh, chat today to everybody uh, yes. about. And so, uh, how long was that? How long was it to from 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 the moment you're like, okay, I'm going to do this to it's here it is. I have the hard copy. Well, how long was that journey?
1: Who from when I said, I'm going to do this mm-hmm. probably two years. Wow. Okay. Okay. I think it was about two years, yep. maybe a little less. Um, Total was six years. Yeah. And then how long to write it
0: to actually put, you're like, you're written it. You're like, here it is. You turn it in. You're like, this is it. How long did it take you to write it?
1: yeah it was a six-year journey from journaling and writing those experiences i was living the experiences while i was writing this book so literally the book the book's just
0: the the book's getting thicker because you're still living like yes wow so
1: i mean literally in hotel rooms having experiences and i'm like well i gotta write about this and and it took so long because when you're living things at that very moment and you're trying to write about it it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's painful. It, it, it's challenging. Um, but it is so worth it. Mm-hmm. It's so worth it. So worth
0: it. I don't want to get too in-depth here because people need to read the book. Read the book if you want to get the yes, depth stuff. please read um, the book. But again, you know, you, you said it best. There just might be somebody watching or somebody that will watch this later, listen to this later, um, that they need to hear the story. They need to hear that they're not alone. Um, you know, just, just, talking about dealing and and battling cancer and, and surviving Mm. it and um, having to go through um, just some of the, the the battles anybody would mentally and physically, you know, right. uh, I guess maybe one or two things that kept you going that, that, you know, you know, that, that is why I'm here today. That I am who I am today because of maybe these one or two things that got you through those types of that type of situation.
1: Yeah. I, I say this all the time the t- the two things that have kept me sane throughout everything I've ever been through in my life has been my faith in God and my family and friends. Mm-hmm. Um really it's 3 Fs, faith, family, friends, but there hasn't been there's been one moment in my life where I I was at my lowest and lost faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after that moment, until today, until the day that I die, there is there will never be a time where I will not have faith in, in what God has for my life, what he's already ordained for my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but my family and friends have been such an amazing support system, just listening, crying with me, being a shoulder, being laughter when you need laughter, being arms to hug you when you need a hug they have been my rocks. Mm -hmm. Like literally, I could hold on to any single one of them and I don't feel like I'm gonna lose it. I -hmm. don't feel like they would ever let go. So I'm just, I'm really blessed, I'm really fortunate that I have such an amazing network of people around me that pour into me constantly and that I get to pour into um, and I I wouldn't trade it for the world, I wouldn't trade it for the world.
0: Well, if you don't mind talking about it, you've you've brought it up a lot. It's it, your faith that you yeah. you clearly have. Uh, you, you've you've said it multiple times. You know that you spoke to God and God had a plan for you. And I, I guess you know you, everybody's faith at times is kind of like a roller coaster. Also, you know, I mean that Absolutely. that's that's normal. Um, you know, where did your strong faith come from? You know, uh, what 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 was it in your life? Uh, was it from a childhood? Was it from family? Mm-hmm. But kind of. Yeah, your, your strong faith, where did that come from?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, it was watching my parents and my my grandmother specifically, um, who is very spiritual, and watching them growing up in the church ha- had a strong foundation there. But when you grow up, you, got, you have to learn things on your own. You have to come to experiences on your own. And I remember when I went to Moorhead, this is one of the things that I, I cherish and love about Moorhead. The network of people that I met, one person in particular, she had an amazing faith base, mm-hmm. very very strong, and we had become great friends. It was a maid of honor at her wedding. Oh wow! And okay. um, she just, you know, was like, "Listen, do you do you want to just do a Bible Bible study with me?" Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, you know, I really I, I believe in God, and I don't know." And she goes. You don't don't worry about anything. You just come, listen, and we'll we'll leave. And I'm like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it was it was her pushing me and again planting seeds that I picked up yeah. and grew. Mm-hmm. Um, she helped me come back to faith and religion, and it it's been with me ever since. And I really am so grateful for her and for again for God putting her in my life. But He's always been there. It's always been in my family. It's always been around, but I came back to it on my own accord um, when I became older.
0: We have about four minutes left. So <laughs> I, I have to ask uh, two quick things. Number one, yes, obviously we're all, we're still in the middle of this pandemic. This has been an extremely difficult time for all of us coaches right now to just just to provide anything right now, how are you doing with it? And, you know, kind of what have you learned from this pandemic and, and being away from something that we love so much?
1: Yeah, it's been, I will say the beginning, difficult, mm-hmm. very, very hard. You know, I'm, I'm a single woman. So to be essentially quarantined, yeah. right, mm-hmm. by yourself, it, it's a lot. People crave interaction. Mm-hmm. You know, we need physical touch and interaction with one another. But I've learned that interaction can be so many different things, mm-hmm. right? I've, I've had an opportunity to commune with people that I didn't have an opportunity to before. Mm-hmm. I've had an opportunity to pour into the athletes that I get to coach in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those things have been growth. Mm-hmm. It's been blessings for me. And the pandemic has helped me see, okay, listen, you can't control everything. Mm-hmm. You have to let go. Yep. Because you can't control this. And while Ben and I say that to our athletes all the time control what you can control, mm-hmm. sometimes you don't live by it all the time. Yep. And this pandemic has definitely taught me you can't control everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You can control your emotions, you can control how you react to a situation. And that's about it. Yep. Um, and I've, I've gotten better at being able to react to things or, and interact with people. So I'm very, very fortunate for that.
0: And last question I ask every guest, one piece of advice that you receive that has stuck with you from the beginning, some teacher, family, coach, whatever, what's one piece of advice that has always stuck with you and something that you use to this day? Uh,
1: it's a quote from Benjamin Disraeli. And I heard it, I, I volunteer for an amazing foundation called Rujan Foundation, and we do a clinic, dance clinic in Jamaica, um, mm-hmm. amongst other things. It's a mm-hmm. sports camp. And one of the women there, while she was talking, said this quote from Benjamin Disraeli, and it was, uh, the greatest good you can do for another is not just share your riches, but to reveal to him his own. Mm-hmm. And it has always stuck with me, it's part of the book, Um, And as a coach, as a person, the greatest good that I can do, although I get to share my experiences, is to help someone else figure out what theirs are, what Mm -hmm. your gifts are, what your purpose is. That's the greatest good that you can do for somebody else. And I am so thankful, so thankful that I get to pour into athletes and people every day for them to discover what it is that they want for their life.
0: We have one minute, so I just want to say thank you for this awesome talk, my friend. It was awesome. Real quick, if people want the book, where can they get it?
1: You can get it on Amazon.com. Uh, if you would like an autograph copy, you can get that at SiobhanStJohn.com. I'll see if I can type that in here real quick. But uh, I'll put it, it I'll, is,
0: I'll, I'll, I'll put it in the post when I post it. I'll put it in there. Oh, perfect. Yep.
1: Oh, well, there we go. Um... So you can get it on either, either platform, Amazon or SiobhanStJohn.com if you want an autograph copy.
0: Gosh, I knew this was going to be a good one. I knew It was going to be so much fun. Uh, Siobhan, thank you. You are amazing. The, the story's awesome. Again, I just wanted to just give people a taste of it so that they go buy that book and, and really, really learn about you. I, I, I wish you nothing but the best. I hope we get to see each other again soon. Um, yes. I, I love you. Stay healthy and stay safe.
1: Yes, thank you. Thank you so much, Steve, for your gift and this platform. You're welcome. Thank you,
0: everybody. Siobhan St. John, assistant cheer coach at The Ohio State. Thank you again. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. It will be up on our YouTube page and as a podcast here um, here in the next week or so. Uh, We are back next Tuesday. We are back next Tuesday. And like every Monday, I will post to let you know who that is. But again, next Tuesday, 1 o'clock. We'll have another full-out chat. Thank you all again for tuning in. It was an awesome one. It'll be here on Instagram TV here in a few minutes. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Have a great day. Are you ready? Full-out chats. Do you know what time it is? F-U-L-L-O-U-D We got control. We got the right. We got the vision. You lose the sight. We will never stop. What? We got the drop. Yeah. What what, what, what time is it? Full. We're live in five, six, seven, eight.